If you like this content, please subscribe, share with other craft beer professionals, and give us a five-star review. Cheers. Hello, everybody. You made it to the final session of day two of our fall virtual conference. I hope you've enjoyed all of our fantastic speakers. Thank you to all of them and had that takeaway you can apply to see greater success at your brewery. Huge thanks to Pneumatic Scale Angeles for all your support of CBP and for being our day two presenting sponsor. Thank you again. I'm excited to dive into our conversation on from grain to package. And I feel like I need a beer in my hand right now, but first, Let's meet all of our guests. And Mike, because you are to the right of me, you get to begin with the introduction. Hi, um, Mike Davis. I'm the product line leader and technology leader for Pneumatic Scale Angeles. Uh, I've been working with the craft beverage uh, community and team here for the past uh, three years. Great to see you again, Mike. Eldon, you're up. I'm Eldon Rowland, and I've been uh, for the last five years with Pneumatic Scale Angeles doing service. Uh, and support. And most recently, I've been doing the uh, sales on the East Coast. So uh, I'll still approach it kind of as a service guy, because that's what I know most. But um, it's nice to still be connected with all the people I know over the years. So well, thank you for joining us today, Eldon. And Alex with ABS Commercial, really appreciate all your support as well. Where in the world are you, Alex? And what do you do? So I'm uh, based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I am the Midwest sales rep. I'm also, I guess you'd call it kind of our executive brewer. Um, so we have a sister company, Raleigh Brewing Company, which is a 20 barrel production brewery that I helped open and then pivoted to uh, equipment side. So sales consulting, helping people brew. I can only imagine how you balance your time. Yeah, that's absolutely. That says it all. A lot of cats. <laughs> Dan? Very excited to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm Dan McKinnon, um, one of the owners, and I don't know title-wise, head brewer, <laughs> fixes a lot of stuff kind of guy um, at McKinnon Brothers Brewing. We're a, a farm-based brewery in uh, just outside of Kingston, Ontario, which for anyone who doesn't know where that is, is halfway between Toronto and Montreal, uh, just on the uh, north side of Lake Ontario. So, Dan, owners wear so many hats. What is your least favorite job to handle at the brewery? Oh, managing people. It's brutal. <laughs> I just want to I just want to fix things and make them run more efficiently uh, <laughs> and not deal with everybody's crap. But we've actually got a really awesome team here. So luckily, I hardly have to do any of that stuff. So, we're, yeah, we're in good shape. Awesome. Well, it looks amazing where your brewery is. For anyone listening after the fact, Google McKinnon Brothers Brewing. The land is gorgeous. And I know your family has been on that property for quite some time. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to start the business? And I've heard you literally built the brewery from the ground up. Yeah. So the farm's been in our family since 1784. Um, so there's a lot of heritage there. Uh, it's important to my brother and I to kind of keep that going. Um, the farm, yeah, it's pretty picturesque, but the land up here isn't the absolute best. So it can kind of be tough to make a living for more than one family anyway, just farming. So we thought we would do something value added. Um, we thought about a distillery or a brewery and with some draconian laws up here in Canada, the tax benefits are a lot better on, on beer. Um, so that kind of swayed us in that direction. We obviously have a love for beer as well, and, and but also of whiskey. Um, 
So we were both doing different jobs. Um, I was uh, a brewer um, over in England, and my brother was a mechanical engineer at Kellogg's. So we had a lot of the kind of basics covered to kind of get things going. And um, there was an old kind of abandoned barn on the farm that we said, you know, this is small enough and manageable enough. And we started kind of fixing it up as, as we were working on the farm still. Um, we both quit our jobs and came back here. And there was a point, I think I'd put, just put the concrete floor in this. It had just been a dirt floor barn. And I was like, oh man, I'm like $4,000 into this. I guess there's no turning back now. And uh, so, yeah, we just kind of, uh, I grew it, you know, slowly but surely with a lot of community support. And um, in terms of like the bars and restaurants, taking a chance and putting our beer on tap, um, being a new brewery um local local friends and family just helping out wherever they can you know my buddy's an electrician or a plumber always help happy to lend a hand and uh yeah and the main focus of the brewery is that we use ingredients from our farm um and other local farms to kind of make unique and delicious beer so it's really integrated into the local rural farming community around here it sounds awesome. And I'm going to go back one second. When, when you and your brother told your family that you wanted to add a brewery to your family farm that's been there since 1784, did I get that right? Yeah. So how did they respond when you dropped that one on them? Well, uh, <laughs> at that point, it was mostly just my dad who was kicking around here and we bought a chunk of the farm off of him so we could do it so he could kind of retire so he was actually pretty thrilled about the whole thing because he had us coming back to take over the farm he, he got some money to retire and uh and it also kind of you know if anyone's ever worked with family the more set for <laughs> it can be sometimes the better so uh they were all pretty pretty enthused they always would say oh can you imagine if great grandpa could see this kind of thing um so yeah uh, everyone everyone including the family was <clears throat> pretty happy and, and pretty supportive uh, of, awesome. of the idea they're they you like to be really proud of what you've created yeah awesome well alex let's go to you for a minute you know we really appreciate abs commercial and thank you again for presenting day one of our virtual conference and joining this panel so the abs commercial homepage places emphasis on the fact that you're in the business of being a brew house outfitters because you're brewers first. Why is it so important to you and the ABS team that you lead with that point on your website and in your company charter? Um, I mean, I would say it, it really is uh, where we came from. So uh, ABS Commercial was actually formed uh, a decade ago this year. Um, when we were opening our own brewery, we couldn't find uh, equipment that met both our quality, you know, and budget needs. Um, so kind of like most brewers and do-it-yourselfers, we did it ourselves. And so really both the, the two companies formed at the same time. And over the years, um, we've really learned that, uh, you know, using your equipment every day is by far the best way to design equipment. There's a lot of stuff that might look good on paper. Um, but when you're touching it every single day, little things that can, you know, seem like minor annoyances, you know, become bigger issues. Um, and we've also realized that we have a lot to give back to the brewing community because, you know, we bootstrapped everything and we've made a lot of mistakes. We've, you know, figured out a lot of fixes. Um, 
And we realized it's kind of a waste to not share that experience, that knowledge. Um, you know, so when we're working with new breweries, even if I might not know the answer to some questions, you know, we have taproom managers, we have, um, you know, our controller, like we can really cover the full gamut of questions that brewers have. Um, and our goal is to really provide shortcuts. You know, we've, we've learned a lot of stuff the hard way um, and we want other people to benefit from that experience. In a way, what you're doing is so similar to what Dan's doing from grain into glass. I mean, you're literally building the brew house from the ground up and testing it yourself. Yep, exactly. And that's that's our goal. Whenever we design something new, we, uh, you know, we stress test it in-house uh, before it gets released in the wild. So so you mentioned that you, you work at Raleigh Brewing in the brew house sometimes. Is that correct? Yeah. So I was uh, the head brewer and production manager for this like first five years or so. Um, and then when we moved out, we lived in Denver for a while. So that's when I pivoted to the equipment side. Um, and honestly, I really, I also do all of our brew house commissioning. So whenever we sell a brew house, I'll go out, brew the first couple batches with them, make sure they know how the system operates, that kind of thing. And again, you know, kind of share the shortcuts and, and things that we figured out over the years. So, um, it's, as Dan mentioned, you know, brewing is really fixing and problem solving 90% of the time. So that's, uh, that's really what I enjoy doing. And, you know, going into new breweries, there's always something new to fix. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Now, Alex, Alex because you started here and have a look at our place, <laughs> maybe I can get a couple. Hey, I, I just saw the website. I will, uh, I'll definitely take you up on that. <laughs> we should have done this panel live on site. That was yeah, amazing. yeah, exactly. Now we know. <laughs> yeah. Next time. So, Alex, looking at all you do, you know, is there any lessons learned you could share of a piece of equipment or brew house that you built, you tested it, that didn't quite go as planned, that you learned from that way when you put it out to others, it was in the condition you were proud of? Um, I mean, I would say really our brew house design has evolved over the years. Um, and a lot of it is simple, like piping design and like how to integrate things in a way that makes sense, you know, eliminates the need to run soft hose, that kind of thing. So the brew house we have in our brewery now is actually the third one that we've had. Um, that is definitely a luxury that we have. Um, but it's kind of that focus on continuing to optimize. Um, you know, brewing, it's, it's an old technology. There's, you know, only so many ways to skin the cat, but it's really about kind of finessing those things and, and optimizing your time. Um, so our goal is to keep things simple, but integrated and efficient. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Now, Mike, Pneumatic Scale Angeles isn't quite as old as Dan's family farm, but you all have been around for some time, haven't you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, we've been doing can seeming for quite a while. Um, Angeles has been around since the early 1900s. I think we have over 16,000 rotary seamers and worldwide operating today. Uh, pneumatic scale itself has been around uh, almost as long um, doing filling and, and capping and other packaging equipment. So, you know, I've been, been focused on the, the craft beverage side for the past three years, but I've been in packaging and pneumatic scale for over 20. So. Wow. And, yeah. and you guys have roots in high-speed beverage canning. So what makes a company like Pneumatic Scale Angeles so well-known in high-speed applications decide to get into the craft beer space? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, we had, we had kept our eye on the craft uh, community there for a little while. 
um, prior to 2016, where we introduced our first seamer. Um, but really what spurred us to get into it was, you know, our relationships with the can makers. They started reaching out to us and like, hey, you guys, you guys really should help these people out. Um, early on, the equipment was producing some, some bad seams, and they thought with our extensive experience and, and background, we could really help out the community. So we took our high-speed seaming technology and sized it appropriately for the craft, uh, craft community with our single-head seamer, and then quickly followed with our, our filling technology after that. Awesome. And what's been the response so far, far in the industry? I mean, in six years, uh, we're, we've done pretty well. You know, oh my gosh! Expanded all the way from just that little single head seamer um, to a full line of atmospheric and counter pressure fillers, all the way through our CB100C that we introduced at uh, uh, CBC this past year. So that's our rotary counter pressure filler. So Dan has a counter pressure filler of ours. Uh, Alex at Raleigh Brewing, they have one of our our 50Fs, our atmospheric fill uh, fillers. So yeah, the response has been really nice. That's fantastic. Now, Eldon, it's your turn. Prior to your current role in sales with PSA, you've had a long time providing service and training to brewers, as well as managing the packaging operations at another brewery. What do you think some of the most challenging aspects of tackling the packaging operations within a brew house are? Well, I think we've probably touched on some of this stuff, but um, from my perspective, it seems like if you're if you're pouring your, if you're trying to elevate your craft, right? So Dan can understand this. If you're already, if you're, if you're making your art and you want to be as good as it can be, uh, you know, the industry has kind of provided certain answers for a lot of things, right? So uh, from the brew house through cellaring um, and even in packaging, there's some stuff, but I think where we come into play is, uh, is we bring it, you know, kind of up to the higher standards. We're we're uh, providing you know the the quality of build that you need. You know what Alex is providing is not only you know quality of build. You know, but we're also they're they're also you know training you and getting you to kind of align what you're doing already or what you want to do with uh, what they can what their equipment can do. So it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing for us, um, you know, early on in, in craft beverage, it seems like the, the challenge wasn't to make something that was, uh, was good necessarily, or that you were proud of. I think the challenge was to educate the consumer, uh, on what you were doing and why it was better and why it was worth, uh, giving it a shot. So, um, I think our success kind of comes from, you know, first that, you know, we come from a long line of uh, experience. Our technology is is kind of above above par when it comes to inline equipment. Um, but also, you know, our service and our support, we uh, part of the reason why we are successful is because we're educating, you know, people that maybe are the best brewers, but maybe don't necessarily have a much of a focus on packaging and not to say that's wrong, but uh, that is, you know, in our in our mind, that's as equally as important as some of the other aspects in the brewery. So um, it's really about, you know, educating and, and uh, 
and communicating all the things that are important with with that final step with packaging, you know. And Eldon, that's a great point you just made. Often brewers are super confident on the brew house side, but they might get a little intimidated about the concept of running their own canning line. What's your advice for those considering making the leap from brewing to taking on the packaging? Well, I mean, I guess it's just like anything else. You wouldn't uh, want to hand off your control to someone that uh, you may or may not trust or something that you're not sure of, you know? So, um, I mean, it could be anything. It could be marketing. It could be front of house. Uh, you know, I think that's the misconception maybe with the smaller companies that are making craft beverages that people think it's a mom and pop or it's a, you know, it's kind of like a side hustle or something, but this is, you know, these people are more than capable. They're always hustling. And, uh, you know, packaging is from our perspective, from the pneumatic scale perspective, it's, it's kind of, you know, something that we've been doing for a while, but, um, it is new to a lot of, you know, customers that I, I talk with and, uh, I think ultimately it's, um, you know, when it comes to materials and liquid, it has to meet at the center and we have to have some consistency because, you know, if you, you make a product that goes into a, a keg, arguably the best package beer has ever been created, right? A refillable, uh, cleanable keg. Uh, the second best thing is a can. And that's, you know, uh, to me, if you can do it the right way, then if you drink a tap beer from a restaurant, then it should taste the same in a can, you know, whether you buy it, you know, at the restaurant next door or from uh, stay away at a grocery store, it should be the same. And that's gold, you know, brand loyalty is, is a big deal. So. Absolutely. And you mentioned education. You're not going to let someone just kind of go on their own. Your PSA is going to send someone out there, I imagine, or at least help them along the way to feel comfortable with that equipment. Is, is that true, Eldon and Mike? And what's that process like? Yeah, I mean, Eldon, Eldon can speak to it firsthand. He, he had several years in, in our service department. but uh, And Dan can, can speak to the support that he received uh, during his startup. It, it goes hand in hand. Like Eldon mentioned, you know, the brewers, they're really good at brewing, packaging, maybe a necessary evil, and maybe they've been they've been dealing with it through a mobile canner that's kind of taking the ownership of the packaging line, and now it's on them. So education and getting that partnership uh, with the brewer um, is key. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Now, Dan and Alex, you know, what was your experience like when you went from brewing to also taking on a little bit of packaging responsibilities at, at your facilities? Um, I would say, I mean, the primary thing to kind of touch on what Eldon was saying, unfortunately, I think for a lot of brewers, packaging is not sexy. Um, it, the really evil truth is that once you get to the packaging point, all you're doing is trying to make it less bad. So it's, it's almost like this bell curve of you put all this time and effort to make a perfect product. And then once you get into the packaging side, you're on the downswing. And as Eldon said, you know, there's a lot of times it can kind of be an afterthought and it is kind of intimidating. There's a lot of technology and, you know, moving pieces to it. But in my opinion, it's as if not more important than the brewing process, because 
that really is your interface with the customer. I mean, I, I honestly don't really care what your beer tastes like in the bright tank because that's not what, you know, your customer is tasting. So, um, yeah, I think there is an element where people see it as a necessary evil, but it really, it is an art and it, it should be kind of appreciated as such. I definitely respect that. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously super integral to the to the business and especially as your as your business grows. Um, yeah, like Ellen said, a lot of brewers, you know, they think about the, the probably you see this a lot, Alex, is like everyone wants to talk about the the brewing equipment, you know, the mash ton, louder ton. No one wants to think about a boiler or a chiller or a canning line or any of the stuff that's not fun to think about right off the start. Um, but, you know, when when you do get like having worked on a few different canning lines myself and when you do get like a a, a canning line and it's working well and you're you're putting to your point alex your when you're putting a, a product in a package that you're confident isn't going to go down the bell curve very quickly your dissolved oxygen levels are low um you know the beer's nice got a nice fob on it the cans are filled to the right height you're the seams are good and you're like, ah, you know, that's one headache I'm not going to have to hopefully worry about in six weeks or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's one of those kind of good feelings, just like, you know, making improvement in the brew house or, or having the canning line dialed right in and, and working great um, is just one of those, you know, good feeling days uh, working in, in a brewery. It's absolutely something to be proud of. And Dan, so when I travel, I love to visit breweries that look just like yours. I love finding that random farm brewery where I'm going to learn that the owner built it from the ground up. They have their grains, you know, right next door where they can just show you everything that's taking place in one spot. And you all literally embody the concept of grain to package from growing your own ingredients to brewing, you know, multiple beers at a time to packaging the final product for distribution. You all do it all. So what does the concept of grain to package mean to you? Um, well, for us, it, it just seemed like it, it made the most amount of sense. It, like we want to kind of diversify, make, make ourselves and diversify ourselves from the other um, breweries in, 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 uh, in the area, um, make a more unique product. I mean, you can, lots of people can make really awesome beers, but most of the malts kind of supplied by the same sort of suppliers. Um, so it gives us, you know, a little, another, another <clears throat> weapon in our arsenal of, 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 of things to make our beer more unique, um, and taste a little bit different and, and maybe taste a little bit better. Um, uh, and it just, you know, being on a farm, it's like, why wouldn't we get the grain from here if we can? And obviously the malting process needs to happen. So I got to give a shout out to our, our partners at Barn Owl Malt who are, or a little malting outfit that that is is just uh, about half hours drive from here. So, I mean, from an environmental perspective too, it's really great um, because uh, you know the the grain's not traveling that far, and and to that point, neither's our beer. Like it's you know staying more or less within a hundred kilometers uh, of about sixty miles there uh, of the brewery. So, just kind of like something that we can be proud of like my grandfather worked hard on the farm so he could pass it down to us my brother and i wanted to build something that we could be proud of and had some longevity um 
and really incorporated the farm into it and, you know, expanded the farm in, in a sense. Um, and yeah, that's where the brewery came in. Awesome. And craft beer is so much about relationships. So Dan, how do you use from the grain till pack to package, you know, messaging to connect deeper with your community of craft beer drinkers? Um, well, the best way to do it, cause there's actually, oh, there's a lot of farm, farm breweries where they're just on a farm, which is fine, you know, or it's in a rural area. Um, our best way to connect with uh, we with our, our customers is getting them to actually come to our brewery. So we have a, the, we started out like the first year just to say thanks to everyone who kind of helped us get the, the brewery going. Um, and thankfully being on a farm, we've got like a lot of space. Um, we thought we'd have a little party and just invite everyone and have some food and music and, you know, everyone who helped us kind of get some, some beer and food and music. And then, you know, other people started asking, oh, I heard you're having a party. Like, how do we get tickets for this music and stuff? And we're like, oh, maybe we should sell some tickets. So it's kind of snowballed. And now every year we've got, um, I think this past year, it was almost 7,000 people. So we have a music festival at the farm. Oh, my gosh, 7,000 people. And everybody comes out and, and they can see that, oh, this is a real farm. Give tours around. They can see the hops. They can see the, well, one of the fields, like we don't all grow barley in the same field. Yeah, they can see the fields um, and kind of really get a feel for the place. All the bar and restaurant staff who we deal with, they all get free tickets to come out as a kind of say thank you to for selling our beer at their But just generally day to day, having customers stop by, having a little tour, chatting with them face to face and Hopefully they're kind of our, our best salespeople spreading the word around about the brewery and about they, hopefully they had a good time and, and they'll tell, tell other people about it. I'm still extremely impressed that you have an event with 7,000 people at your brewery. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of beer. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't imagine they imagined that, you know, in the 1700s that someday you'd be hoping hosting music fest with your own beer on tap. <laughs> yeah. That's no, definitely something not. to be proud of. Uh, now, looking at all of you, you know, you the grain to package concept, it's so intriguing. And you all are at it from some sort of unique but different perspective. I'd love to hear each of your views on why the idea of taking charge of your whole life cycle is so important for brewers to consider. And at this point, the floor is anybody who wants to jump into this fun question. Um, I would say, so I actually got my start in the industry, um, through, I was a sustainable ag major in college and, uh, started working on vineyards. So that kind of clued me into, you know, fermentation and not really a wine drinker. So I pivoted to beer and the rest is history, but I think it's kind of unfortunate that beer is not really, uh, considered, you know, with, with wine, we, cherish vintages and, you know, terroir and beer is, I would argue more of an agricultural product than wine, even because you have multiple raw ingredients. And yet, you know, we're typically trying to homogenize our product, which is even more difficult um, rather than embrace kind of those, you know, seasonal variations, that kind of thing. So I really applaud you know, what Dan is doing, because in my mind, that is very true to kind of the spirit of 
craft, um, you know, controlling every variable possible um, and really embracing beer as an agricultural product. Yeah, I really respect it as well. It's just taking charge of so many aspects of running the business and it creates a phenomenal final product. Mike and Eldon, I'd love to hear your thoughts from your angle and just the whole concept of grain the package and why you love it when breweries can embrace it. Yeah, I would say that um, for us, you know, it, it helps to have, you know, from the, from the beginning through, through the brewing process, through the brew house, and then into, into our machine, going through that, that brew house, being able to produce a quality, consistent product. You know, when you're talking about machinery and automated packaging, you know, consistency is the key. So, you know, taking that, what, what happens in the farm that may not be, you know, same from year to year and yield to yield, being able to produce the same quality beer. And then hopefully we can help out by um, keeping that quality in the can um, and make it all the way to the consumer. And Eldon, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I guess uh, I'll come from like a consumer side of things, but um, from my experience, you know, when people are pushing this concept, it's, it's, it's a nice narrative, but it doesn't necessarily drink as well. Right. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to come negative at this. I want to say that, you know, McKinnon brothers, uh, they're not only doing this, but they're doing it well. And, uh, arguably some of the best, uh, you know, of this kind of product available. Um, so yeah, it's it's already harder to do, right? So it's it's easy to go and purchase uh, your grains and your and your hops from where everybody else does, and and kind of you know get your allotment for the year and do your thing and plan things out. But uh, they're they're taking a risk, but it's it's paying off. I think it's awesome. Awesome, I completely agree. Now Thanks, today, Robert. you know, Dan, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say thanks, Elvin, for the compliments. <laughs> Glad you like the beer, buddy. I do, bud. I do. Well, today we're joined by both Pneumatic Scale, Angelus, and ABS Commercial, but equally doing great but different things in the industry. How did you two connect and form the partnership? Uh, well, from our end, it really started with the canning line. We, um, you know, our brewery, we were mobile canning, like a lot of people, for a long time, Um you know, even when they're really dialed in some of those, um, not to name names, but some of those style kind of inline canning lines just weren't really up to what our expectations were. And again, knowing how pivotal that canning seeming process is for the quality of your product and, you know, the consumer experience. Um, I mean, PS Angelus was just kind of the premier you know, unit out there in the, the craft world. Um, so, you know, we kind of just gravitated that way. I think we were, we were pretty early on. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been an absolute workhorse for us. Um, so with that, you know, we, if, if it's not something that we do, we try to align ourselves with the best. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, again, what we expect for our brewery is what we want to be able to provide to our customers. So um, that's kind of where, where we approached it. Awesome. I love seeing a good partnership. 
Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Why, why is a partnership like this important to a PSA? Yeah, I think uh, along the same lines as what, what Alex was mentioning, um, you know, we we align with craft brewing because of quality. You know, the brewers have quality in mind. We have quality in mind. Alex and ABS has quality in mind. So through, you know, having some uh, some upstream partnership with, with ABS, we can assure that we're getting that consistent quality uh, from the brewer to our machine that, that makes everybody's lives uh, a lot easier and a lot happier. Awesome. Well, I love seeing some of my favorite people work together. It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Now, we've talked about a lot of really great concepts today, but, you know, looking at all of you and the different roles that you have in the industry, I'd love to just go around in a circle and one final question here, what you're most proud of, you know, whether it's something, Dan, you're doing on the farm or Mike, you know, a customer relationship that you have or something that you're doing at PSA. I'd love to hear something that, you know, at the end of the day, right before you go to bed, while you're probably sipping on your final beer of the night, you know, just what makes you feel good about what you do? Well, for me, I mean, <clears throat> probably a lot like you, Alex, you guys were talking about your brewers and you, you know, kind of do it yourself type type people. And when you make one of those improvements, you know, whether it be adding a canning line, your own canning line, getting it running and, and seeing all the canned beer coming off and in the cooler and ready to go for sale or something as small as like, like adding something to the canning line or making the process more efficient or, you know, so your staff can go home half an hour earlier and are having <clears throat> more enjoyable, easier time at their jobs. Anything to kind of make the process smoother, making better quality beer in an easier, better way. Like that just, you know, lets me sleep easy at night, puts a smile on my face because I'm one of the guys in there working too. So, uh, you know, I reap all the benefits as well. Awesome. And then you get to share it with 7,000 of your closest friends at your music festival. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else want to share, you know, just what makes you so proud of what you do? Yeah, for me, um, the team here we have at, at Pneumatic Scale Angeles is is great. Um, we've been able to introduce new new innovations on our craft uh, beverage product line almost every year. Um, so we're always coming and, and hopefully leading the, the industry with our equipment. And then just the relationships that we have with that craft community. It's such a tight-knit community um, compared to some of our other customers that we deal with on the higher speed stuff. You know, you get you get to know these people. You, 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 you know, you become friends. You, you acknowledge each other. And, and you see them each, each year at CBC and sometimes more often, uh, often than that. So it's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, getting, getting to know all the people in the craft community. You mean the other industries aren't as fun as craft beer? <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't make you call any out. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> there we go. Eldon? Well, I mean, I just, I think Mike nailed it with that. It's, it's, it's really about the people that you get to work with. And uh, it goes fast, but uh, you spend, you know, for me, it's, it's often a week at a time uh, when we're doing installs and commissioning and I get to learn a bunch from them and, I uh, get to see what they're doing and appreciate their side of what what their approach is. And, uh, you know, and then we continue the you know conversation later. And it's really fun to have them, uh, you know, first name basis. And we joke around. And, um, yeah, that's that's honestly the most fulfilling part of the job is is uh, 
is having those connections and battling through some of the things aren't aren't necessarily fun, but you get the satisfaction of figuring it out and then, you know, one you know, one step forward and getting it right the next time. So yeah, it's it's a good time. And that's so true. While you're helping with someone with their equipment, you're ultimately impacting their long time long term success, which it's and, and my own, right? I, you know, if if I don't stand by what I do or what I say, then I'm going to get a call every two minutes. And, you know, that's not I'd rather someone call and say, how's it going? How are your kids? Instead of, hey, you know, blah, blah, you know, you're not picking up the phone. You know, it's not it's that's not how we approach things. So it's you know, it's it's easy on if you put the work in in the front side, it's easier on the back side for sure. I think it can be said in every conversation we have about any topic in craft beer. We are definitely in the relationship business. And Alex, last but not least. Yeah, um, very similar to Eldon. I mean, my favorite part of the job is getting to do the brew house commissionings and, you know, brewing their first batch of beer. So much of it is about the relationship. I, um, I definitely feel like sometimes for those first brew days, I'm, you know, part installer part therapist um but i I mean i remember when we had our grand opening everything's theoretical you know like you haven't sold an ounce of beer yet people are really stressed you know they kind of don't know what they don't know um so being able to come in help people in what is a very stressful time and you know make that smooth transition set them up for success um yeah i mean it's just a good feeling and you do um, yeah, you really forge some, some strong bonds with people, um, you know, through that process. So. Absolutely. No, is there anything else anyone would like to add or more so if they're looking to get a hold of you with any questions or interested in learning more, how can they reach out? For us? Yeah, just, uh, you can find our website at abs-commercial.com. Um, we've got a contact us sheet there. My email is alex at abs-commercial. Um, so yeah, give us a shout. Mike and Eldon, how can they get in contact with Pneumatic Skill Angeles? Yeah, you can give me a call at, uh, no. <laughs> Eldon, we had someone do that one time. I know, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> my address and my personal information, no. It's, uh, yeah, we have, uh, obviously you can get online and get on the PSA website and it'll uh, direct you towards the craft beverage section um, and you'll get a lot of information there, but uh um, we also are on Instagram and some other things and, um, yeah. And for anyone listening, I just want to shout out to our partners, ABS and pneumatic scale Angeles. It's P S A N G E L U S.com. If you're driving the vehicle, wait, we dropped it in the comments and ABS dash commercial.com. Well, I appreciate all this. I love these panel conversations. A huge thanks to Nomadic Scale Andrews for being the sponsor of day two of our fall virtual conference and being a huge supporter and industry ambassador here with CBP. We greatly appreciate you. And next week, I'm actually going to be driving through Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm excited to try the hard work of that partnership between Pneumatic Scale Angeles and ABS and Raleigh Brewing, you know, all at once. I guess, Dan, I'll have to plan a trip up north of the border. And I look forward to visiting your beautiful family farm someday. So Mike, Eldon, Alex, and Dan, thank you so much for the conversation today. I hope everybody's enjoyed day two of our fall virtual conference. We'll see everybody soon. Cheers. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thanks,